That's all we're doing here. We're going to try not to go there. Luke 14 and 11 says, For whosoever exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. It didn't stop with Satan. Pride got Eve too. It got her too while she was in the garden. She ate from a tree, and she expected to be lifted up. In Genesis 3, 5, the serpent told Eve her eyes would be open, and she would be as God, knowing good and evil. Hey, there ain't a whole lot that's changed since the garden. There, there really isn't. We're still, we're still wanting the same things that Eve did. Eve wanted to be on high. She wanted to raise her status. And undoubtedly, check this out, it's the same thinking process. Us, like Eve, may not realize what the results from our pride can be. And you know what it can be? It can be a hard crash. How do you know this, Pat? Because the same things are still going on today. In 2017, we want to be boss. We want to have recognition. We think we can have just one drink. We think everything will be better if we're on top. So we can be exalted. This kind of stuff can keep us from a successful recovery. Now notice now, recovery is not just about drugs and alcohol. It's whatever's kept you maybe in this category, which is pride. Hey, what's the, rem- what's the remedy for this? I'll tell you, you may not like this, but humility and brokenness, that's the remedy. Some of the happiest people I know are broken in their own humility from their crash. The only thing that can defeat pride is being made humble. What's so crazy is humility is pride's mirror opposite. This is a question I ask myself while here at Celebrate Recovery. Why does the overdoses, jail times, divorces, illnesses, and death seem to be some of the last things that happen before we surrender to Jesus Christ? You know why? Because it humbles us to our lowest point. Hey, I'm thankful for my past. Now I can hear him. Here's a sidebar. Sometimes we don't hear too good at the top. Amen. Some people say it's lonely at the top. I'll tell you something right now. You don't hear good up there either. And that's why this next statement is what it takes a lot of times. And, and I, wanna, I'm, I don't have much that's my own, but I think I have this one. May we become so broken, so weak, so low that we realize God's plan for our life. You said, what the heck did you just say? I'd go as far as to, I'll pray it for you. Because without this, there's a lot of people that will never come to know Jesus Christ. I don't pity broken people. I relate to them. You might want to start embracing that thing you've been calling a headache. A good way to be humble is realizing Romans 7, 18. It's when Paul said, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my simple nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. It's far-fetched to think that you and I are any farther along than Paul was. Paul had a good idea. Paul said, I know the things that I'm supposed to be doing, but those ain't the things I do. 
The things that I do or the things I know I ain't supposed to do. And if you go back and you follow it up, he'll say, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body? And people a lot smarter than me argue whether or not Paul knew Christ there or not. I'm here to tell you my two cent opinion. I believe he was as saved as he had ever been. He just understood the truth. Is it possible that the category in which we're talking about tonight, you may be able to understand that it dwells within you. Now what you going to do about it? Now I'm glad I came for that, to be honest with you. You might not like what I say most of the time, but all I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to ask God to anoint me. I'm going to ask God to tell me what it is he would have me say. If you don't like what I say, I'm just the messenger. You're going to have to take it up with God. I will not say things to try to make you feel good. I will say things because I believe this is what God would have us to do. Now, if you break that down and see, break that down and see if you're not humble. There ain't no good that lives in our flesh. Our old nature, our old nature is to commit sin. And we'll want to do good, but we can't unless the power of God is instilled in us. How does this not humble us? My God in heaven, in the name of Jesus, please God, remove all pride from me and you so that we may not be rendered powerless. That's my prayer tonight. Under that category. <coughs> The O, the only ifs. If anybody has a water, I'll give you $5 for it, I guarantee you. I'll I'll pay you right now, but I'll pay you later. (laughs) O, the only ifs. Our only ifs in life keep us trapped in the fantasy land of realization. Check this out. If only I would have listened to my parents. If only I would have uh, treated my spouse better. If only I would have gotten... Thank you so much. If only I would have gotten some, some help from my addiction. If, I, if only they would have loved me more. If only I would have talked to somebody about my emotional state. We can't get caught up in the only is and live a life of regret. This is what happens when we start talking about these little areas and these different seasons that are in our life. If we do not do anything about it. And here's the thing. If, you're, if you've decided that you're not sure if you want to do anything, you've already made a decision. You've already made a decision. You can't come in here Thursday after Thursday and go, I'm not sure what he's talking about. I'm a little bit confused. That's not going to happen. I didn't understand that testimony. What what freedom up? Everything that we do in here is about Jesus Christ. You're going to have to figure out what it looks like to change your life. And if you don't, you're going to wake up one morning and go, my God in heaven, I have regretted this time. And that will be your identity. And that's bondage. We're going to have to accept this thing and and we're going to move on. And that will come through. Check these things that's going to come through. Especially this first one. Confession, repentance, and forgiveness. And I I took out conviction in there, but I I should have left it in there. We're going to have to feel a certain way. And once you feel a certain way, you're going to repent and you're going to ask for forgiveness. But my God in heaven, you better catch this part right here. If you ain't got somebody to talk to about this, you are in a sad state. Am I on? Now some of some of us might ask, is this any is it any good that I go through all this stuff, Pat? Heck yeah, it is. Psalm 119.71 says, It's good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. Did you check that out? Now I wrote right here, I wrote, be careful, but how about this? Maybe we should be thankful. That's ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> paid up here. 
Maybe we should be thankful for the cancer and the overdose. I mentioned, I mentioned it earlier, but maybe we should be thankful for the cancer and the overdose and the jail cell and the divorce and the affair and the mental health diagnoses. Maybe we should, some say, now, now that I go back and I think about it, that's what happened to me right before I gave my life to Christ. Kevin Peters, one of my precious, sweet friends, he went on to be the Lord. You remember what he told me? He, I spent, I got to spend the last two years with him at the mission where he gave his life to Christ. You know what he told me one time? He said, cancer saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. Could it have been that God uses the most painful situation in mine and your life to save us? Yeah. I'm so glad of the dirt in debt. I'm so glad of that dead in dirt road, Florida. I am. I'm so glad she changed the locks. Who's she? My wife. I've told you before, and I'll say it again. You ever put a key in a lock that's supposed to work and it don't? That'll freak you out. Especially when you're really high. I'm going to throw that out there. And when you're on meth, you're going to make that key work. Okay, and it doesn't. I'm glad that I lost my job and my business. Which it wasn't much of a business, but I'm glad I lost it. I'm so glad that I came to the end of my road, my bottom. It's where I met my Lord. So, can I, hold on, I want to say something. It's where I met Christ. So we can sing Kumbaya and be really happy right now. But I, I don't want to do that right now because I want to tell you why. I want to take how I feel right now, where I was at at my bottom. And I want to go talk to other people with that passion. And I want to let them see Christ in me. So just maybe they'll go, I'm thinking I want what you got. And then I go, it ain't mine, but I'll give it to you. And that's the good thing about what God gives us. You can't keep it. If you try to keep it, I don't think it's real. How in the world do you contain that? You don't. But God says this. We've got to uncover our only ifs. Now, you're going to, you may find your wound at the bottom of your only if. And I want to tell you something. I'd be willing to spend time with anybody to talk about this, but if you will find your wound in your life, you will find the reason you act the way you do. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat on that bone right there. When dealing with our only ifs, God will always provide a way. We're just going to have to do our part and open up. And there's 250, 300 people here every Thursday. Don't tell me you can't find nobody. You just don't want to share your stuff. I ain't talking about aisle seven at Kroger. I'm talking about coming to somewhere where there's some order. Yeah, you don't gotta, you're not made to carry this by yourself. If you do, now you're going to live a life of regret. You say, well, that's where I'm at right now. Well, that's your first step. That's good. All right, the next one. Now, this is going to be this is going to be pretty tough now. This is called worry. Now, I'm just going to read this. We'll look at one page of notes, and we can stay here all night. But I feel kind of bad about reading this first part, but it comes right out of the study. So I'm just going to say something right off the bat. I, I really, when I read this, I seem like I'm trying to be spiritual, and I'm not. Please know my heart. I just got to read this. We're going to talk about it, okay? Worrying is a form of not trusting God. Okay, enough. 
And that's from the study. And it's the truth. But I don't want to just leave it there. I want to talk to you about this. Matthew 6.34 says, Don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Okay, I'm starting to feel better now. I know it's easy to say, Hey, I know it's easy for me to tell you, Hey, we're not trusting God enough. You know, just walk off. I know that's easy, but that's not where we're going to land. It's just, it's just not. Let's get real for just one minute. You know what trusting God is? Here's a news flash. It's accepting the fact that things are going to be tough and then know he's got it. Okay, that's, 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 do you see this? If you can relate to me on that statement, now you're starting to think, well, that sure is heavy for me to do by myself. And then I, that's why I would say next, that's why you don't have to do it by yourself. And if you do try to do it by yourself, then you're going to worry a lot. What's the application? It's actually 1 Timothy 4.10. This is why we work hard. This blows my mind. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God. That's crazy. What do you think pick up your cross means? Yes, it means pick up your tough times and get busy living. But I'm going to tell you something else. When you pick up your cross, that's something you've made a choice to die to. I'm going to carry my cross. You can't find a job. Your spouse is gone. You're feeling depressed. Pick up your cross. And know he's got it. We can continue to work hard and stuff like this with our hope in him. It's set up the way you're going through it a lot of times. You say, really, Pat, it's really crazy irony here. Part of the recipe for worrying is to know that it's going to be tough. Some things just sideswipe us and it just blows us out of the water. We're going to have to learn to go, you know what? That's part of the equation. If you reread Timothy, verse Timothy says there's a promise that it's going to be tough. Hey, but there's hope. Can we please quit freaking out or saying I'm tired of the Jesus way and, and nothing's working? If you want to know how to learn how to not worry, start showing up to large group on Thursdays, small, small group after large group. Go to church on Sundays. Have an accountability partner. Work with your sponsor. Have a quiet time. And let's start talking about the things that's worrying us. If you don't like feeling like you're being consumed or you're all alone on an island, then get off your blessed assurance and let someone through Christ do life with you. Now I'm telling you, things might not be going great, but it hasn't taken Jesus by surprise. There ain't no emergencies in heaven. He didn't wake up this morning because he don't sleep. He didn't look at your situation and go, boy, I didn't see that coming. He don't do that. say something else. A lot of time, that stuff that you're going through, you say, I can't believe I'm going through this sea wrap. I cannot believe this is my hand right now and we have this big party. Can I tell you what I think God does sometimes? This is just mine. This is first Pat chapter one, verse six. This is what I think. I think sometimes God will say, hey, Gabriel, Michael, or a cloud of witnesses, come here. I want to show you something. I want to show you my servant. I want to show you Tom for a minute. Y'all come here and look at Tom. Tom's really struggling right now. And he thinks it's an unfair gig. And it's not right. And it needs to be different. But I want to tell you something. He's never been stronger for 
He's never been more ready. Here God is going, that's the way it's set up. Could it be that we're so burdened by the unfair hand we think we've been dealt and Jesus Christ going, he's never been more ready. Quit worrying. Quit worrying. Now, if you're out getting high, running streets, doing all this stuff, and you suffer from consequences, you might want to worry a little bit or give your life to Jesus. But if it's, I'm joking, if it's just the way it's set up and you're walking with Christ, hang in there. Help's on the way. Here's just a nugget. This will help us not worry. Some live it one day at a time. Others live one hour at a time. You know I've got a theory on this, and I've said it a thousand times, how I live and how I think we all should live. And it's nanosecond to nanosecond. But check this out. We need to maybe try living, if that's too far apart from you, how about try living from one nudge to the next? Just throw it out there. What did God just nudge your heart to do or not to do in the past 20 minutes? Do that and then wait for his instruction. How about that? Are we even watching for or waiting for the next nudge? Are we anticipating God to lead us and guide us? For some of us, it may take a freight train to daggum get our attention because we're not even trying to listen for the voice of God. Now, here's just a food for thought. Oswald was just, he's, it was just sick this morning. I read my Bible first, and then I read Oswald, and that's my devotion, and that's my quiet time. And so I want you to know the God of word, word of God's first. This is what Oswald said, and I'm going somewhere with this this morning. This is what he said. He said, keep your life so constant in its contact with God that his surprising power may break through the right hand or the left. Here's the good part. Always be in a state of expectancy and see that you leave room for God to come in as he likes. Check this out. If you stay so rightly related and connected with him, you can expect him to bust through on the left or on the right at any time. Now that's good stuff. If you'll stay connected. Now, if you want to drift and do the hit or miss religious thing, then you're going to be blown away by worry, doubt, and consumption. But if you'll stay connected, he'll bust through. And then you'll know he's got it. And you'll always know he's got it. That's the life of a Christian. We should have this expectancy that my king... My Lord, my champion is going to bust through at any minute. Why? Because he told me he would. That's some crazy stuff. You promised me it was going to be hectic and you promised me you were going to show up. Get you a little bit of that. And I say, welcome to Christianity. It's the best thing going. Amen. I'm about to have a spell. I'm about to have a spell. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be calm. All y'all are so down, but we're getting up, ain't we? We're getting up. You're smiling now. God bless you. E, escape. By living in denial, we have escaped into a world of unrealistic expectations of ourselves and others, which puts us in darkness. Now, hey, what dark corner do you escape to? What dark corner do I escape to? If it's things like anger, gossip, food, isolation, let me ask something. Where do you escape to to ease the pain? Now, I asked you earlier, now let me rephrase this. Where do you escape 
And I may have didn't ask you this earlier, but I wrote it down. Where do you escape to to find relief? Yeah. Can I say something? Darkness is anywhere complete transparency in Christ isn't. That's why wherever you get off to, make sure Jesus is invited to. Okay? If you don't, you ain't going to find nothing but darkness. This is why everything we offer here is completely surrounded by Jesus Christ. This place is for anyone that wants to challenge, who wants to change the direction their life is going. And here's something else I want to tell you about escaping. You might not have the answers tonight to what your life may look like. But remember, we're not looking for perfection, just progress. This is a place where men and women come. They may not have reached their God-given potential yet. Heck, who has arrived? Nobody. I love this place because we can come in here and we can say things like this. You know what? I'm considering doing this different. I like places like that. They're conducive to the love of God. They're open to something new and something different. Here's what I know about you. Your way's not working. Let's replace our hideout with a new hangout. I want to get to a hangout where I can find out why I hurt. I want to get to a place where I can get a nudge in the right direction. I want to be able to do life. I want to be able to do life with someone whose life is headed in the direction that I want my life going in. There's a fetch. I want to do life with others on a weekly basis. Hey, I, those things we just talked about right there, those are four forms of commitment and sacrifice. Most people, a lot of people, some people won't do this because what they find out, if they don't understand, if they walk out of here tonight, they find out, boy, this stuff is really grueling. Is this stuff simple? It is to say. It's just really tough to do. That's why you can't pull it off and I can't pull it off by myself. But you got to talk to somebody about what it is you struggle with. you got to let somebody in. Well, Pat, you don't know how much I've been hurt. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because most of us have been hurt just as much. Well, you don't know what happened to me. I didn't deserve that. I'm sure that's correct. I'm just telling you, will you consider doing something different? God ain't just let you fall in here for no reason. You're not just hearing this because we like hearing it. We believe God's putting us in a direction. Give it a shot. Last thing I wrote on this was I want to get to a place where I don't, I don't have to run anymore. Running makes you tired, especially when you're overweight. <laughs> I don't run no more, okay? So I'm going to come here every week and I'm going to talk about my stuff. Whether you like it or not. Or resentment. Resentments act like an emotional cancer if they are allowed to fester and grow. Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Remember now, a foothold, that's a secure position from which any further progress can be made. And then here's what I do know. There's a lot of us in life, we can't go any further. And it just frustrates us to death. We can't take another step in any direction because we are weighted down. The Bible calls it a foothold. When we're eating with resentment, our growth comes to a screeching halt. 
a screeching halt. That's why it says foothold, because we can't take another step. One scholar put it, those who persevere in sinful anger and in wrath, they let the devil into their hearts and allows him to make that person suffer and commit further iniquities and malice. This is a foothold also. Let's break that down. I've held on to resentment. I've become angry. I've gotten bitter. And now the enemy has gotten into my heart. My God in heaven, look what has happened to my heart. The one thing that we need to protect the most and look at God or let God look at changing has now been infected by bitterness, resentment, anger, pent up emotions that I don't have to pin up anymore. I should be able to go to a place or have a spot or have a group where I can let this stuff go. L is loneliness. I know I'm running out of time, but loneliness is a choice. And that's another one that's hard to read. Loneliness is a choice in recovery and in Christ. You nor I never have to be alone. Did you know that caring for the lonely can cure loneliness? Is it possible that if you will come here on Thursday nights and get involved with others that are going through the same thing you are, that you may be healed? And the answer is absolutely yes. We're All we're going to do is put Jesus Christ in this first. We do it every week. Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Anybody suffer from anxiety, you don't have to raise your hand. But anybody ever have any suffering from that? That's some heavy stuff. God says, if you'll just, if, if you'll cast it on him. Here's what's so puzzling sometimes about the Bible. You want me to cast it on him. What does that mean? Here's something I want you to consider. Is it possible that when Peter wrote this, what he possibly could mean, while we're casting our anxieties on Jesus Christ, do you mean that that means along the way I'm going to do this with other people as we cast it on to Jesus, the things that eat our lunch? And I believe absolutely. I believe we're made to do this with others. What is wrong with doing God's word with others? Nothing. Not one thing. And for some of you, you've never thought about that. You've just told yourself, well, hey, man, I cast all my anxieties on him and nothing happened. I'm not saying that it can't be done. I'm just saying I know for a fact it's done in here every Thursday. That's all I'm saying. It's where you consider doing God's word with somebody else. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of, ain't it? It's just crazy even to say. Imagine getting with a group of people and all y'all cast your anxieties on you. Ain't that wild? It can be done. We do it all the time. And quit worrying about what others think. All right? I'm going to go ahead and just tell you this. E is emptiness. S is selfishness. And S is separation. Emptiness, selfishness, separation. All these will ride together. They will. They hang out together. Why not consider a new life for yourself? You've been powerless. And you really look good on the outside. People look at you and they say, boy, they really got it together. But if anybody knew the truth about you, what would that look like? I really am powerless and I need to do some things different. We're going to stop, stop the way we started tonight. 
if you would like to discontinue being powerless in your life, it'll start with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you to bow your heads.